Look at the size of that boy's head. Shh. I'm not kidding. It's like an orange on a toothpick. Shh, you're going to give the boy a complex. Well, that's a huge noggin. It's a virtual planetoid. Shh. Has its own weather system. Shh. Heed, move. I'm not kidding. That boy's head's like Sputnik. Spherical, but quite pointy in parts. Well, that was offside, wasn't it? <laughs> He'll be crying himself to sleep tonight on his huge pillow. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Um, Welcome back. Yeah. Oof. I felt like Garth that time he gets left on the, you know, when Garth yeah, gets yeah. left there without Wayne and he's like. I'm having a good time. Not. <laughs> yeah, that's what I feel like now. I'm remote recording today <laughs> from um, New South Wales, beautiful Shoalhaven region. Beautiful. Love We're it. We're staying with friends in Nowra. Nowra. Mm. So it's a remote setup. Ooh la la. Many kids in the house. It's all happening. But, you know, we're dedicated to bringing you the hard-hitting facts from 30 years ago. You're goddamn right. Yeah. Keep going. We're doing So I Married an Axe Murderer. Murderer. We sure are. Yeah. Yeah. 1993. What a year. What a year. This is sort of like the, I guess this is kind of the end of our little just random movie section section. Are we going to hit some mini? We're going to hit a mini next, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we think we might do some meteor ones. Not super long term, but, you know, maybe like eight episode mini series. Oh, eight. Maybe. Well, I wouldn't mind. I'm down. Yeah. I mean, for the right kind of mini series, mm. something that has still variety in it. Like, I wouldn't do a mini series of eight episodes just on cheese. Cheese. <laughs> movies where cheese is a main character. Not that yeah, we probably couldn't. not. Not that probably we couldn't. not. Maybe. So you cheese lovers? Unless you want that, let us know. Yeah. I love a fromage mm, with mm. love. <gasps> Beautiful. Got a miniseries name right there. Writes itself. <laughs> Writes itself. Ah. Well, this film came out in 1993, Greg. What it did. Year? 1993. I think I was in like year six. My last year of primary school. Big year. Yoge. School captain, sports captain, no biggie, whatever. Uh, picked in 90. Actually, I was, I was could, sports captain. Oh, no. I was house captain. You might say I picked in 93. Based on merit, I think this is the best year of my life. <laughs> I think we might have talked about We have. I think before. we have. And uh, you agreed that being house captain was the same as being school captain. Uh, yeah. I, I was think, house captain. I think I definitely. Captain, and it's exactly the same. Yeah. There's not one that's better. Then, but how was I both then? Uh, I, don't know. I actually don't know how I was both. That's kind of weird. Surely give someone else the house captain. You're a heavy hitter, man. Big dog. They're like, oh, this guy's going to have an unfunded film podcast in 30 years. We've got to get on this gravy train now. (laughs) I assume that's how the conversation went down. No doubt. We could have invented podcasts if we'd known about it back then. (laughs) Make mixtapes. Podcast to tape. Wow. Yeah, that could work. That's an idea too. So, 93. Now, listen, Tristan, um, quite often we... Well, you know, we, we talk about toys or we talk about one hit wonders, but today we're hitting we're hitting something heavy with mm. the, with our member berry. Yeah. It's what they come for. Hard hitting journalism. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. They want some journalism. Mm. They want some investigative digital journalism. <laughs> wow. So that's what they're wow. gonna get. Now listen, wow. um we're gonna I'm gonna the member berry for today. <laughs> is the Waco siege, Waco, Texas. Mm. And I've done this for a couple of reasons. One, I've never really, I, I know of it, but it wasn't, uh, I mean, 93, we were pretty young. I was like, what, 11, you were about eight. I mean, you had nine. your you were, had a whole school to manage. You had your own politics to deal with. <laughs> I had to ring the bell. At, <laughs> really? You know, recess and lunch. <laughs> oh, like the handheld bell. No, there's a button in the. It was a button oh, in, the, in, okay. the, in the um, you know, the staff room. And you had to go in, and it it rang as you held it down, and I used to see how long I could ring it for before people commented. This is how mature I was. <laughs> <laughs> I used to just leave it on as long as I could until I, I started getting that. in trouble. <laughs> Wait, does that mean you had to leave classes early? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'd ring it for like I think my record was about a minute. 
<laughs> I just left it. I just left it on. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and then I think other people started. It became a bit of a game, and others would try uh, and see how beat far they my minute. Yeah. No one ever beat it. It's got a legacy that could still be going. Anyway. Who knows? Yeah. Well, well, I hope the bell's still ringing. So Waco <laughs> yeah. is a bit of a serious matter yeah. um, mm. on account of all the death and the and the you know the impact it's had on America. Mm, true, but it's look it, it's it's weaved into the cultural narrative of that country. We hear about it. I didn't really know what what went down. So me neither. I'm just going to give some a bit of <laughs> plot <synopsis>. context <laughs> about. Oh, it's a plot synopsis on Waco. Um, why are we doing Waco? It's heavy hitting. Well, Tristan, good you should good you should ask. It's about thirty years, uh, you know, th- thirty years. I think in a month or so of when it went down, so that it's got that going for it. Mm. It's got an anniversary. Yeah, like our film today. Uh, our film today's title, at least, is somewhat macabre. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it's a serious movie. That's right. And you know what else it is? It's a cult comedy. Yeah. Oh, I see where you're going here. Mm. Now, as you probably know, um, the background. Or what? I, I don't, don't know if you know. I don't you know, know. Do you know? Cool. I didn't know. Carol didn't know. I'd heard of it, but similar to you. Yeah. Okay. So, Waco, Texas. Terrible event. 1993. There was a uh, like effectively a religious cult. They're called the Branch Davidians. Uh, they're like an offshoot of the Seventh Day Adventists. Can I also? Preface this with apologies <laughs> to anyone that knows this situation. And they're like, what are you, you're like, and I will endeavor not to butcher this. You're like or recapping the moon landing over here. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> next time when we do a movie from 69. Yeah, I, I will. I will. <laughs> and then Neil Armstrong said, anyway, sorry, keep going. Get this, Mr. President. <laughs> uh, so, guess what, Tristan? There's a charismatic leader. Really? Of this group of religiously. Charged individuals. Nice. David Koresh. I think he's like 33 when this when this went down. So he's the self-proclaimed prophet of the group. You know what that means? Mm. He gets to speak to God. You know what that means? Oh. He gets to have all the wives and the babies. <laughs> it makes sense. So he's out there. He's got his little, um, he's got his harem. He's basically knocking up single and married women from the group. Like some dudes are just letting him cock away Fuck. on their wives, make their babies because he's the prophet. Yeah. So... I think their religious beliefs was like a, a day of reckoning, you know, uh, um, judgment day type vibes. Oh, of our favourite movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they're looking for Thomas Aquinas <laughs> um, is basically what's happening. Yeah. So these guys are collecting a bunch of guns and whatever. I think this this leader, um, David Koresh, was was well known by the, by the local authorities. I think he had a few charges dropped but was pretty in, involved in a couple of deaths and some – some abuse, you know, Oof. ongoing abuse sort of investigations mm. of youths. Probably not the best bloke. Yeah. Um, so ATF rock up. That's like the um, alcohol, tobacco and firearms lawmen. I don't know exactly what they do, but well, they're they there. put all that together. They just have all the fun. <laughs> yeah, they, they're going collecting. When people they are, put porn in that. When they were building this structure, someone's like, I'll take guns, alcohol and uh, tobacco, please. <laughs> yeah. I thought the F was fireworks, but it's firearms. <laughs> That's what it they intended. It should be fireworks and firearms. Yeah, yeah. It should be. It should be. We could We could speak to someone. I don't know if anyone's got a contact there. We could We could look into that. But yeah. So they start a siege. They they. This is very. This is a very brief version of what happened. They went up <laughs> to with um. I think like a warrant to come in and investigate and or go and get these guns off. They were trafficking firearms. I was oh, charges of tracking firearms. They rock up. A gunfire breaks out, four of these agents get killed and six of the Branch Davidians die. It's like 10 people die in this shootout. Shit. And then it's basically a standoff where the FBI come in and they're basically on the perimeter. There's, you know, helicopters, everything. And these guys are like, no, we're not coming out. And because their their whole thing is the, you know, the day of reckoning, they're like, well, this is our day of reckoning. This mm. is It's on. Yeah. And the FBI didn't really appreciate that or quite understand what they were dealing with. Hmm. So a loggerhead ensued. 51 days later, whoever had authority of the area, you know, politically, said green light to storm the compound. Right. So they fired like 400 rounds of tear gas in, in a hope to flush them out. Mm. But a fire started. Oh. And tragically killed 76 people. Oof. All of them. 
well, sorry, not all of them, but 76 of them. I don't know how many were in there, but it was, the, I think, as I understand, it was the majority of the people died in this fire, including 25 kids. Super fucked Oof. up. Is the, was the, is the gas flammable or is there a chance that they, like, well, killed themselves or something? A, this is a very good question, Tristan. Mm. So the chat from the government was like, oh, no, it was a mass suicide. And people were like, mm, was it? Did they gas them with it? natural gas? They were like, we didn't start the fire, the the government, and they did um, ah, you know, the Billy Joel uh, song investigation. But the investigation, yeah, that's where it came from. <laughs> actually, maybe I think it might. It might actually maybe be. It does. Shit, it probably. Waco. You might say Waco in there. Maybe he probably does. Can someone Fuck. confirm that? We, we need, this is where we need the producer. We can go. Hey, yeah. Hey Jesse. Yep, okay. Yeah. I'll um, if it is in post, I'll Jamie, put it can in. You look up that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very 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 plausible. Mm. So tragedy. Significant, significant tragedy, but cultural ramifications huge. Huge. So, who started the fire? Mm. Um, in '99, there was a CBS poll. I think 62% of people believe the government covered up its failings at Waco. Yeah. I think from what I read, it probably, yeah, like it did seem like they yeah. fucked up from what I read. Mm. They, I think it was in that same sort of time frame, end of the 90s, i.e., six or so years later. They were like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, a couple of the canisters were flammable. <sighs> so they said no at the time. No, 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 no. They were, it was just tear gas. But then later they're like, oh, yeah, a couple were flammable, but, you know. Jeez. So, you know, there's a very good chance it wasn't handled as it should have been and and plus that bit of not understanding what the cult was about or what the, the group was about mm. insofar as that they were playing right into their beliefs, which would have, you know, meant, well, they're not coming up. Yeah. So um, what does it mean today? We hear about it a lot, uh, you know, and I think for for sort of the uh, probably further right groups in America, it's like it's kind of like the poster child of anti-government you uh-huh. know, civil liberty sort of attacks on religion and gun rights, basically saying, well, we, you know, look what happened at Waco, you they were just trying to hold their guns and, and, and then you, you burnt them to the ground. So I suppose they're, they're equally as supportive of uh, or, or defensive of, uh, you know, mosques or other, you know, shootings against must other be. religions. They must I, I would assume are. so. Yeah, yeah, they must be. I would assume so because, yeah. yeah, right, it's just. That yeah. would be, you, you know, would ha- you'd have otherwise to Otherwise you'd be that. a hypocrite, wouldn't you? Yeah. You would, yeah. yeah, or like a, a hip piece of shit. Um, <laughs> and, but the, one of the <clears throat> more fucked things is, Timothy McVeigh, oh. whose name you know from um, the Oklahoma yeah. City bombing. Waco was his inspiration for um, attacking the government when he, when oh. he blew up the federal building in Oklahoma City. Right. So it still motivates um, It still motivates these sort of factions on survivalists and militia Damn. types in the US. Shit. Yeah, so big, big, big year for... Um, Survivalists, mm. as it turns out. Big year for movies too, Greg. Was it? Yeah. Huge year. And I'd say most of these are very much on theme with exactly what happened in, in Waco. Uh, for instance, <laughs> yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire. Hello! <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I say this, actually, I'm about to read the, the biggest movies of 1993. They actually are all pretty serious. Um, like Schindler's List, The Firm, Philadelphia, The Pelican Brief, which is not The Firm apparently thought that were the same movie. Um, oh, John Grisham was yeah. was on a having a run, wasn't he? Now that's a miniseries. Grisham? Yeah, Grisham. Demolition Man. Oh, yeah. The Fugitive. I mean, it's a oh, great, yeah. it's a whole mix there. Hocus Pocus. I don't care. <laughs> and man, that was, I think we're in new territory here because this may be, from a box office ranking for the year perspective, the lowest ranking film we may have ever done. Oh no, that's not necessarily true because I think we've done some that have not ranked at all. We do a lot of we do a lot of director video. Down, so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Video Easy don't release their data, so we can't get the numbers on um, anything post. Have, are they answering your calls? Have you tried faxing them, Tristan? Oh, they're probably chasing me for late fees. They're probably standing by the fax. <laughs> I'm probably going to try to buy a house one day and Video Easy has blocked me. Um, that was the fear. So this particular movie, Greg, came in at number 101 in the year of our Lord 1993. Little film called So I Married an Axe Murderer. There she goes, there she goes. 
Came out in July of 1993, budget of $20 million, gross box office of 11.5. What's the opposite of Romy, Greg? That's negative Romy. Yeah, yeah, that ain't good. That ain't a good investment. That's the dogecoin of uh, of box office Lommy? success. Lommy, <laughs> Lommy, someone made my- Lommy. <laughs> yeah. Lost on movie. Yeah, yeah, I like investment. that. That's good. We're in Lommy Town here. Well, I didn't actually look at that. That's interesting. Is that because Mike Myers had already started charging forty mil a movie or whatever? Well, that's the other thing, man. I thought Wayne's World. I thought this uh, without without doing any research, just in terms of overall perception. I just assumed. This came out first. Like I thought, this must be his first movie because it's you know he's not he's not Wayne or Austin Powers yet. It's just like a quirky rom commy thing. Hmm. Wayne's World came out one year earlier, and for the record, had a twenty million dollar budget and a box office return of one hundred eighty three million. Now that's Romy. So he's gone from Romy to Lomi in one year. That's crazy, unprecedented, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Played himself. Yeah, but he comes back. We don't want to. We don't want to see Mike Myers. We want to see characters. It's funny you say that. I was. Oh, we'll get into that. Um, Rotten Tomato scores: critic score fifty three percent, audience score sixty eight percent. Critic consensus as follows: So I Married an Axe Murderer is a unique rom com with moments of heart and hilarity, even if they're too scattered to cohere into a consistent whole. Those critics always looking for a consistent whole. Mm. That sounds like a South Park joke. You know that, that, that South Park game um, called The Fractured Butthole, which, you know, The Fractured Butthole, it's pretty good. Butt humor is my jam. Yeah, same as Lola. <laughs> my three-year-old daughter is well into butt jokes. That's why we get along so and well. poo-poo. Yeah. Oh, what, do you want, what do you want for dinner, Lola? Poo-poo. <laughs> Poop's pretty funny. Butt cheeks. Um, <laughs> Have you heard that Louis C.K. joke? Um, you know, Louis C.K. is... He's done some bad things, but he's got some good jokes. The one he says is like, anyone that says a fart isn't funny is an asshole. Oh, wait, that's ironic. No, it's a jerk or he's lying because it comes out of your butt, sounds like a trumpet, and it smells like shit. That's like inherently hilarious. <laughs> so Lola's yeah. right. Don't you ever change, Lola. True. I heard something similar that was along the lines of people who don't find farts funny are going to have a less happy life than people that do because yeah. you're going to fire either way. You may as well, may as well laugh <laughs> you at it. You may as well enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Can, it's, it, was, it was a lot more um, point, um, sharper than that. More astute. Summary. Yeah. But it's, it's think about it, people. Yeah. Wherever you are, you're on the bus right now. Mm. Well, actually, no, hang on. <laughs> can I just caveat this? Yeah, okay. Farts in confined spaces aren't funny. Well, to, to the, the one that did it. The one who dealt yeah. it. To the one who dealt it. To the guy that was farting on the bus a couple of months back on the 251. That's what you call. That fucking bastard. It's very avant-garde like a like a, uh, 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 an Andy Kaufman. Like the joke is bigger than the room, Greg. That's what you need to understand. It's hilarious when he goes the home and tells bigger his than friend. The room. <laughs> plugging up my mouth. Can you open windows on, on buses these days? No, it's a, it's, a, it's a coffin. So it just circulates. Yeah, wow. Anyway, Marinate. let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Uh, um, keep this positive. It's a comedy. Is yeah. this a comedy? Yeah. What yeah. are we doing? <laughs> was this a big movie for you, Greg? No, no, it wasn't. Not at all. No. Oh, had you seen? Oh, you hadn't. You'd vaguely seen it, maybe. I think we. Had. Yeah. I remember the opening scene. Oh, Woolman. Oh, we've. You probably remember just from me doing that poem all the time. <laughs> it just wasn't my jam. Like, yeah. It's aesthetic. Wasn't about it. I hate that song, man. I hate that song. What song? There she goes. That song? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you meant the I poem for song. a second. No, I like his poems. His poems are awesome. They play that song a lot in the movie. Well, we'll get into it. And that. I really don't. And look, people are probably going, it's an awesome. I don't like it. Okay? I don't like it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and what you may be detecting is sometimes my music taste is a little bit more sharper than my film. I'm, I'm pretty open to films. Music, it's a bit more yes and no for me. It, that song's a no. It starts yeah. with that. I don't like the title, So I Married an Axe Murderer. I don't know. I don't like it. Interesting. These are all the reasons I wasn't in, interested in watching this film. Wow. The song and the title. What about you? <laughs> now, this was never a huge movie for me, but it's just kind of been there. was like, it? I think it must have been on TV, not a lot, but it was just enough for me to see it a few times and just kind of, okay. I liked it. Yeah, never like the big one or anything, but if it's on, I'm watching it. I really just didn't mm. enjoy it. I mean, in saying that, I haven't watched it in a long time. And I think I've just always found it interesting to see 
yeah, Mike Myers play straight a little bit more just curiosity than like, yeah, I don't know. It's just an interesting. Desire. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an interesting scenario, I guess. I know he still gets to do some other things, but yeah, I don't know. I've, I've just, it's just like uh, it's in the comfort food zone for me and Is it? overall. And then within it, Oh, fuck, there's some parts I just fucking love. Like the poem is huge yeah, for yeah. me. The poem I just fucking love. I love it. Woman. Whoa, man. Whoa, man. She was a thief. You got a belief. She stole my heart and my cat. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, the sprinklings of amazing in this film for sure. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. Did I tell you about, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. There was one night, Blues Fest, like maybe 15 years ago or something. Um, big night, big night. It was quite thirsty that night, drank, drank quite a few beverages. And we're catching the bus back mm. to where we were staying with all the other festival goers. Oh, yeah, I know that bus. I've been on that bus. Yeah, I can't remember the circumstances, but I, I did the poem. It just came out of me. And um, it was a roaring success. <laughs> it's probably the most successful performance of anything I've ever done. Um, it was it was extremely well received. I think the crowd was just right. Um, I think they thought I made yeah, it yeah. up. I think they thought I made it up. And I'm sure I got half of it wrong. I always towards the end. I always get the. I always get it a bit wrong. I always forget the uh, girls of cartoons will leave me in ruins. I always forget that part. People are probably still talking about that. What about that guy's poem? And then they see the film, they're like, that traitor, son of a bitch. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, let's get into the origin story. Okay. Origin story. Um, so while this came after Wayne's World, the idea does date back to 1987. So a producer by the name of Robert N. Fried met with a writer by the name of Robbie Fox uh, old Robert and Robbie, uh, to discuss potential mm. movie ideas. Just spitballing over here. Now, it sounds like they had a classic yeah. uh, classic women, am I right, kind of conversation. Uh, apparently they agreed that they felt like most women were out to destroy them. Right, ladies and gentlemen? Mm. All right, men? Mm. Take my wife, please. That kind of crowd. Um, yeah. So mm. Fox wrote a screenplay titled So I Married an Axe Murderer that same year. Uh, but it wasn't quite the movie we saw. And uh, go on. Yeah, so Charlie was Jewish, and it was more about his paranoia than fear of commitment. Like, more uh, everybody's out to get me, Woody Allen type of oh, guy. He's debilitating mental illness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Woody Allen was considered for the role, as was Chevy Chase, Albert Brooks, of course. Albert Brooks would be, it's a very different movie, though, but you could kind of see him being that neurotic, uh, you know. I like the sound of it. Yeah, I like the sound of his voice, Scorpio. Martin Short was in the mix too. Oh, um, etc. This is this, etc. I'm, I'm liking where this is going, etc. Yeah, well, it didn't go that was, way. Was Annie Hall not referenced? Maybe I read. Uh, I read that Annie Hall was kind of like a yeah. What if Annie Hall, but Annie Hall wanted to kill you? Yeah, I think that makes sense because I reckon they must have had Woody Allen in their head from the start. Because genuinely, I know it's easy for me to say this now, when I read that, oh, it was going to be Jewish and it was paranoia, I, was, I immediately thought, oh, like a Woody, Woody Allen type of deal. And you could totally yeah. imagine him saying, is it married an ex-murderer? Um, you can't, the title makes more I sense. Prefer, when you, I think. you prefer that? Yeah. I, well, yeah. I don't think it would have been as funny. So hear me out. Not because he's Jewish. Tell us, slow down there. Um, <laughs> Whoa, I did not say that. I did not um, say that. No, um... Because the script got rewritten and I'll tell you why. So they wrote this script in 1987 and it wasn't until 1992 uh, Robert N. Fried, that producer I mentioned earlier, started his own studio, own, own production company, sorry, uh, in 1992. And this concept, this script became their first project. So long way of me saying this was not initially, you know, one of those projects like Austin Powers or, or Wayne's World where it was a Mike Myers creative vision. But that was about to change. Mm. So Mike Myers had just made Wayne's World, big popular man. Mm. And so they ask him to join as the lead. And he's like, you know what? I'm in, but I'm going to rewrite it because uh, he wanted to do more SNL style comedy, you know, put on some makeup and that kind of thing. And But he did also like the idea of getting to play it straight a bit too. So that he wanted to rewrite it to get a bit of best of both worlds. And he brought in his mate, Neil Malarkey, 
and they heavily rewrote the script. So heavily, in fact, um, that they suggested to Fox, that initial writer, that they change his credit to story by and co-written by. And uh, he said no. So Malaki got no credit. Malaki. Wow. Toasty. Malaki. No credit for Malaki. And this is perhaps why this Robbie Fox fella has no Wikipedia page because he sounds like a joke. Um, hey, you know who yeah. Neil Malaki is? He's a, he's a good mate of um, UFC fighter. Yeah, no, he's a good he's a good mate of Mike Myers, and he's the guy in Austin Powers who uh, with the penis enlarger yeah. joke. One Swedish made penis enlarger pump. That's not mine. <laughs> you know that scene? Oh. No, you don't recall? No. Yeah. One credit card receipt for Swedish made penis enlarger signed by Austin Powers. I'm telling you, baby, that's not mine. You don't recall that Jamie scene from Malarkey. Austin Powers? Oh, you're doing something else. Focus over here. One warranty card for Swedish made penis enlarger pump filled out by. Austin Powell. I don't even know what this is. This sort of thing ain't my bag, baby. <laughs> One book, Swedish-made penis in larger pumps and me. This sort of thing is my bag, baby, by Austin Powers. Are you telling me you don't remember the scene from Austin Powers with the penis in larger? Vaguely. It's like a two-second joke. Oh, wait, Disney's mum use it or something? No, he's like, uh, uh, we'll do that. We'll talk about it when we do Austin Powers. Anyway, he, that's him, Malaki. Uh, oh, oh, Malaki. <laughs> we love Malaki. Malaki. Precasties, uh, some, a fucking great precastie here and a huge missed opportunity in my humble opinion. Do you, are you aware of this one, Greg? Uh, is it for Sharon Stone? Yeah, Sharon Stone was going to be Harriet. And that's perfect. It's a year after Basic Instinct. Like this is fucking great. That's genius. Like that's fucking great. Yeah. Because of course you'd be suspicious she's an axe murderer as an, as an audience. Um, and... Where it all fell apart was she also wanted to play the sister. So in the same way that Myers was played his own dad, she wanted to play her own sister. Oh, which I what's thought, wrong with again, that? Again, that's a cool idea. The studio said no. That's, that's great. The studio, I guess, is just like, no, you're here to be sexy and nothing else, I, I assume. Uh, and it's a but she could have been move. A sexy, crazy, 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 yeah. crazy, sexy. Crazy is kind of sexy. Yeah. Well, not more not, often than not well, until it's not. Until yeah. it's not. <laughs> Yeah. But from a screen in the comfort of my couch, absolutely. Yeah. Keep going. Um, That's right. You it's just great them. casting. It's just Damn great man. casting. But um, I'm look at all these things. Are, the original script with that with the Woody Allen crew, Sharon Stone, these are all better versions of this movie for me, conceptually. But but you wouldn't have got the you wouldn't have got the Mike Myers rewrite. I reckon the script would have been a dud. It wouldn't have been as funny. I, I agree that the the casting stuff makes sense with some of those earlier names, but you wouldn't have gotten the rewrites with those guys. We'll get into it because some of my favorite scenes are like Mike Myers' dad and that. Uh, but anyway. That's true. That's true. That's true. You get all these people together, you do a nice little montage and a butcher and bish bash bosh. You go sell a movie, rap party down at uh, that whatever that place is where they do the poetry, slam poetry. Yeah, that'd be nice. Let's play the trailer. My name is Mike Myers. Perhaps you recognize me from my recent motion picture, Wayne's World. <laughs> thanks, thanks. As you can see, I'm on the set of my new film in which I play a young fellow named Charlie who gets a little more than he bargained for. For example, there's suspense. Have you heard of this case? Mrs. X. She murders her husbands on her honeymoon, then she changes her identity and marries again. I've never heard of it, so what? I think I'm dating Mrs. X. The Justice Department reports an alarming rise in the number of poisoning murders across the United States. It's a smart drink to improve your brain power. You like it, Charlie? Thank you, no. There's action. Charlie, there's something I've been meaning to tell you. She's a killer. Charlie, she is not a killer. And, of course, there's plenty of romance. What do you look for in a girl you date? I know everyone always says sense of humor, but I'd really have to go with <laughs> breast size. You're lying on your side, totally asleep. You could just... 
stick a needle in So, as you can see, it has all the elements of a truly great motion picture. Oh, did I mention the axe murder? Hello, sweetheart. Missed me, darling? <laughs> Good trailer. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, for those playing at home, Greg, who may not have seen this in a while, can you? would you be so kind as to break down the plot for our friends of the show? Movie. <laughs> Movie. Scenes in a row. Sorry, no, I just was making that up. I didn't. <laughs> I should have done that. I didn't beat Poet, the synopsis. Why didn't I do that? Who knows? <laughs> but look, Tristan, what I would say is that this humble little film is really... Uh, it's a meditation on marriage, mm. commitment, trust, mm. love. Uh, it's delivered in a scenario that I think it's safe to say that we've all been in. Mm. And, you know, you talked about a moment ago that the original writers were sort of riffing on their own experiences. Yeah. Certainly I speak wholeheartedly on behalf of both of us and and probably the, the male population, mm. when I say Bitches we've all... Bitches be crazy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They be stopping. We've all in the past or still regularly ponder, but if for a second, mm. is my wife a psycho axe murderer? Yeah. Jury's out. Now, this question might pop into your head at any time. You might be in an argument with your spouse or you might just be on the bus. Someone in front of you might have farted. She might be chopping wood. Who knows? She, she might be at the butcher. <laughs> if your wife's a butcher, it's almost guaranteed. But it is a question we regularly ask. Yeah. She's pretty psycho. Is she killing people? Mm. Mm. Uh, now, this story is channeled through Charlie McKenzie, mm. San Franciscan, mm. beat poet, yeah, family... Man of sorts. Yeah. Not a family man. Commitment phobe. Ah, yeah. Now, whenever Charlie gets close to a girl, he thinks of an elaborate reason like feline thievery. Yeah. And he breaks up with them. Mm. And then he writes some beat poetry about it. Um, he beats about it. Wait. Yeah. No. Anyway, we got Charlie. He's on a routine haggis procurement assignment. Uh, and he is attracted to the butcher at uh, at the shop where he is procuring said haggis. Mm. Uh, her name's Harriet, and she's pretty. Mm. And they start dating Tristan. They they hit it off. They hit it yeah. off. I fa- I think it's fair to say they do. Um, and he, but he does suspect that she has killed her past husbands, um, which you know that's, that makes things a bit harder. Yeah. So. And he does have a friend that's a police officer who's sort of, you know, in the sideline legitimizing his fears. Um, anyway, he dumps her. Um, she gets a bit upset. And then Anthony LaPaglia tells him, oh, no, we've actually caught the killer of those crimes that you thought she committed. Um, so she's in the clear. So he goes and wins her back. And how does he do that? How does he win her back? What's yeah. the best way to win a girl back, Tristan? Slam poetry? Yeah. Yeah, slam poetry. <laughs> Classic move. Been there, my friend. Like, yeah, I mean, if, if in doubt, fellas. I want a whole bus over. Yeah, precisely. Hang on. Precisely. Um, so, of course, he could win a girlfriend back. Yeah. If you can, if you can get the blues crowd riled up. <laughs> so he gets back together with, um, with Harriet, finds out the person that they thought was the killer, wasn't the killer, she's back in the suspect. Ipso facto... Dramatic, dramatic ending. Um, that's what it's about. So it is a love story. It is a love story. It is ultimately a love story. Oh, it's a love letter to San Francisco, Tristan. I was. I meant to ask you, Greg. Do you? Would you? Do you think like it's weird? I'll put it out there. 
I don't know if anyone's really yeah, talked honestly, about a movie this yeah, way yeah. before, but yeah. I don't know. Would you say that like San Francisco <laughs> is almost a main character in the film? Uh, <laughs> that is such an original and interesting it's very astute on your part. view. And yeah. That is so astute. Can you, one more time, I think you deserve two astutements for that. It's very astute on your part. I don't know, man. Thanks, it just Frank. comes it's to good me. to hear from you. It just comes to me. Man. It's 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 uh yeah it is San Francisco <laughs> is well represented in this film. Yeah, that, even that little park out, outside the full the full house house. They they even gave us the full house park. Yeah, great. I was waiting for Uncle Joey to cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, yeah. <sighs> do you like this movie? Yeah, I do, man. I do. Um, I'll say my initial thoughts first. I'm curious what you thought. I feel like I've got a hint of what you thought. But, yeah, man, I still enjoy this movie. And, and again, just to, like, level Mm. set, it's never been my favourite movie or anything, but I do really like it. Like, I just... It's Timmy Bowen's favourite movie. Yeah, I was surprised by that. And, actually, I was surprised by the response overall on the gram. Like, a lot of people um, really love this movie, which, great, because I love it too. I I just love all the jokes. I love the jokes. It's just enjoyable, mm. um, and I think it's just yeah. the the humor is just my speed. And if it if there's no jokes for a while and I get a little bored, I don't care because there's another joke coming and I'll be like, yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a really easy watch. Um, I was thinking mm. it, it was almost. I mean, it even makes more sense now with that origin story. But I, I was thinking it is, it is almost like a heightened, more surreal. Seinfeld episode almost like if Mike Myers made Seinfeld, okay. es- especially when it starts, okay. you know, she's his Mike Myers is like, she smelled like soup, mm. you know, or she was in the mafia versus Seinfeld's like she had man hands. Yeah. Or but she eats her peas one at a time. Yeah, that's that's uh, I'd give you another astute for that. Oh, that's hey. good. good from you. It's also got Kramer. That's probably a more literal, <laughs> yeah. a literal um, compare or connection, I should say. Yeah, yeah, and there's more to it than I remembered. Uh, not plot wise or anything, mm-hmm. but just more, I guess, jokes and cameos and bits than I remembered. Mm. Like more poems. Mm. The first one's the best, mm. but there's more poems than I remembered. Um, but I'll, yep. I'll pause there because I'm keen to hear your your reaction. How was your rewatch? I I enjoyed it. So oh, yeah. I don't remember watching this movie start to end before. Yeah, in all honesty, I really don't. Um, but I really enjoyed it for yeah. kind of the reasons you just said. Yeah, cool. Um, I did. I did feel much like our lead character. The film was somewhat reluctant to commit. Uh, <laughs> it didn't go all in on Myers. Um, yeah, it wasn't like a full romance. It was sort of bits and pieces. So I kind of it was a bit Frankenstein-y, which makes sense with the rewrites. A little and stuff. bit. Yeah, yeah, and so that probably was a bit of a miss for me, but. Focus back to the po- – that's kind of it because the, the positives w- far outweigh that. Um, yeah. I loved, I loved the subplot Anthony LaPaglia storyline. Yes. Like that unnecessary storyline. That was one of the big ones I had forgotten was even a thing and I really appreciate it. I do feel like they maybe could have even dialed that up more but I love his yeah. whole – Thing of yeah, he feels like he's not being a real cop, and his and his boss is too nice. <laughs> Tony, I don't want to intrude, but you seem a little down. Well, Captain, I'm I'm having doubts about being a cop. You know, it's it's not like how it is on TV. I've never, never like chased a guy across a crowded city square. I've never, I've never hung on to that part of the helicopter. You know that part underneath the thing where it lands. Do you? Do you know the part? Yes, I know that part. I've never hung on to that. I've never even commandeered a vehicle. Now that sounds like a lot of fun. And that's the other thing. You're you're too nice. (laughs) I'm too nice? Yes, you're too nice. Why can't you be like the captain on Starsky and Hodge? You know, where you come in and you haul me into your office and you bore me out because you're sick and tired of defending my screwballed antics to the commissioner? Why can't you do that? Well, the truth of the matter is I don't report to a commissioner. I report to a committee, some of whom are appointed, some elected, and the rest co-opted on a biannual basis. It's a quorum, so to speak. A quorum? Yeah. <laughs> Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin's delightful, man. He's – how good's Alan Arkin? And Alan you know Arkin what is I've great. learned recently? What? Can I tell you something that I've learned recently? Yeah. He is me. not Alan Sorkin. They're different people. Aaron Sorkin? Totally different people. Alan? Aren't they both Alan? Um, there might be an Alan Sorkin is it a- too. Is it, is it Aaron Sorkin? Aaron Sorkin, the writer. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Aaron Sorkin. Do you know for many years I thought that was this guy? Oh, and you thought he just does like cool cameos. Because he's not in heaps of movies, yeah. but he's awesome when he is. And I yeah. think he was a bit more back in the day. But yeah. So I just figured he was too busy writing The West Wing to do more movies <laughs> or, or, you know, Moneyball or whatever. <laughs> but it turns out, Tristan, they're completely different people living different lives. Yeah, it's true. Unrelated. That's a fact. Their it's names a- kind of sound similar is, and they're in Hollywood are the only connections that I could establish. There is uh, – what, what are the bounds of, of your desire to educate us, Greg? First you, 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 you educate us all on Waco and now you're, you know, dropping more facts about people not being the same person. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this is, you know, all of our episodes have a slightly different feel to it. I guess this is an education episode. True. Yeah, yeah, true. You're gonna, so, you never know what you're going to get. Um, this podcast is like a box of chocolates, man. Mm. 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 And I do love a cameo. I'm so pro cameo and wow. Let's like. Yeah, there's a few. You've got Charles Grodin, a.k.a. Beethoven's yeah. dad. You've, <laughs> yeah. you've, you don't have Aaron Sorkin. Um, maybe a miss there. Kramer as in Sensitive Man, Phil Hartman. Oh, um, Couch Guy from Half-Baked is the Oh, pun. yeah. I've just <laughs> never flown at night. He's great. Um, <laughs> He's great. Stephen Alexander, right? Um, yeah. Mike Phil Myers Hartman. does a cam. Well, is that a cameo? This is Phil Hartman. Yeah. Uh, who else? There's a few others. There's a couple others I'm forgetting. But, man, they're all good. They're all good. And they're all having a good time. This is one of those, you know, those ones where you're yeah. just watching like Anthony LaPaglia can't keep it together on the couch yeah. when he's sitting next to um, Mike Myers doing his dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and he, um, he's just riffing on the, it's a, it's an orange on a toothpick. <laughs> like he'll cry himself to sleep on his big fucking pillow. <laughs> it's so funny, man. Like, man, how, so oh, funny. What a treat. And I think that's my main thing. It's like those jokes are just fucking funny. Like, just uh, okay. So let me rewrite. The reason I'm saying that is, you know, I didn't have a great Rotten Tomatoes score, mm. and when that's the case, I do like to read what some of the reviews have to say. And I looked up, I looked up Roger Ebert, and I don't disagree with what he's saying necessarily. Uh, I'll read it first. He said, So I Married an Axe Murderer is a mediocre movie with a good one trapped inside, uh, wildly signaling to be set free, which I, I kind of agree mm. with him, but I still like the movie we got. Like, I, Because for me, he basically says, and a lot of critics seem to say, ultimately the plot lets it down. But to me, I, maybe it's just my expectation of a movie like this, but for me I'm just like, a movie like this, the plot is just a vehicle to deliver jokes, man. And if the jokes are good, I'm good. In saying that, yeah, okay. I, I do think like the the kind of In saying that the plot was shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I mean, I do feel like I know. Some, I probably say some things sometimes that I've said as a positive or a negative in the past and contradicting myself. So maybe it's just a personal taste thing. But I, I'll, I'll probably shit on some other comedy for having a bad plot later on. But for me, it's more like I don't know. If the jokes are good enough, the plot can be shitter or something. There's like some kind of formula there. Um, but that's not to say that uh, Ebert's wrong. I do think there's elements in here that could fucking be yeah. like unleashed more. Because I think the yeah. the cop like, mate what, stuff. What you, have you got? I don't have like a huge repitch or anything, but just I guess the LaPaglia stuff, Australia's, Australia's uh, Anthony LaPaglia. Anthony LaPaglia. Um, I think the G's silent, bro. LaPaglia? Yeah. Oh. I don't know. I've eaten a lot of Italian food. You've eaten a lot of Italian food. I thought you might be able to. Okay, bruschetta or like bruschetta? Puglia. Like, pu- like, like Puglia. Bruschetta, bruschetta. Doesn't have a G either way. It's got three Gs. They're all silent. Ah, <laughs> oh, it does. <laughs> you just haven't. You just haven't noticed. How do you say bruschetta? Uh, gabagool. <laughs> gabagool. <laughs> it's with diamond community, <laughs> Yeah, there he is. Hey, you can add gabagool to your to your soprano list. Gabagool. Yeah, yeah, Gabagool works. That's it's good. actually easier. It's actually a lot easier. <laughs> I don't have to get in character so much for the whole. And you can drop it. It's more usable in life. True, because you can order it. I lived next to Little Italy for fuck's sake. I can get you it do. right before I get a cannoli for my holy. Tristan's often sending me pictures of delicious Italian, American Italian meals. It's oh, yeah. so good. They're good. They're good. Anyway. Um, but yeah, like so LaPaglia's La <laughs> yeah. character. What were LaPaglia? <laughs> I just think there's more there that could have been really good because yeah, yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. like he's that that meta kind of, you know, he wants to be a cop like in the movie. It's almost got some like 
last action hero kind of energy to it. And then he ends up delivering it. So it's this, I don't know how you would do it, but someone smarter, they could There's be almost a movie out. in there. Yeah, that's, that gets almost the movie. Um, it's like they were, they were just going, oh, that, you know what's funny? Like the, they knew that was a funny thing to they're like, just put, let's put that in because it's funny. But there's probably a bigger idea in there. I guess at the same time, I enjoy it kind of being a B plot that's just bubbling away in the background. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they could have taken that same concept and applied it more. Like, I don't know, maybe Mike Myers watches too many movies where the wife kills you. I don't know. It's the, they don't really have those movies. A lot of those Hallmark movies are the husband killing the wife or something. But anyway, I are digress. Yeah, that's the, there's like a whole sub-genre of like, Ooh. or women. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but the, yeah, that's all to say. I, I get where Ebert's coming from there, but I'm still happy with the movie we got because the jokes are hilarious to me. Yeah. Um, and I think one critic said that gave it a, a positive review said, um, a somewhat, a, a somewhat erratic yet mostly affable comedy. And I think that's probably where I get to. It's affable. It's, uh, it's just easy. It's friendly. It's good natured. It's charming. It's just, yeah. It's Marbo. Yeah. It's Marbo. It's a vibe. Um, the only thing though that I guess, I don't know, I don't know if I would call it outdated or just one element that I guess just doesn't appeal to me all that much is, um, I, or, or I can't, I can't read the tone of is, so the, the whole slam, I love the poem, but the whole slam poetry scene and vibe, I couldn't tell if that was meant to be a legitimately cool scene back in 93 or if they were being ironic and making fun of it. I think that I think they're being I hope they're being ironic. Like was he supposed to be cool? I I can't really tell. Oh, that's a good question actually. Yeah. I didn't like that's yeah, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. I believe I ordered the large coffee. <laughs> yeah. Like have a drink. Why are you drinking it's like why are you drinking coffee on a No, but that night? is a thing. But that is a thing though. That slam poetry thing it's like a coffee house usually. But I've never been to one. Yeah, but can they just have like a Negroni or something normal? Mate, it's a, if, you, if you're in a slam poetry zone, you've got to – when in Rome, my friend. I don't know. It just reminded me a bit of like Friends. Oh, that's a good point. Actually, I think the director has directed episodes of Friends. Did you know that? Oh, really? Oh, I skipped entirely over more, the director. Shit. He's done a lot more TV than, than film. That's interesting because this felt very TV showy. Yeah, right? That makes sense. Yeah. Because, because like in a movie they drink, they yeah. drink in a movie. Yeah, but yeah. But in TV, when you got to put it at seven thirty, they have coffee. Like, why doesn't anyone ever drink in? Well, we've talked about this. Friends, yeah. Seinfeld—they're all sober, passing yeah. judgment on us drinking types. In the newer sitcoms, like How I Met Your Mother, there instead of having like a diner, they have the pub. They have a, a pub. Yeah. yeah. So I guess the culture has shifted, but it is still a valid point, Greg. Very astute on your part. Maybe it was just Irish coffee. Yeah. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, how did you feel about Mike Myers playing as like the straight man as well? How did that? Um, I never quite know how to receive it. I'm not for it. I think uh, is my. Yeah. Um, I think Mike Myers being a straight man right off the back of Wayne's World. Even now, reflecting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Don't like his fringe that much. He, I was thinking that too. There's a few things that you really notice when he's playing himself and that is his hair. <laughs> he's always had that hair too. It's like a bad haircut. But I guess that was a pretty standard haircut in 93, but I think he's still Maybe. got that haircut. Right? Right. And he kind yeah, of just looks like him. a boy. I'm not shit on this guy. I love Mike Myers. But I'm just saying like I guess as a leading man in a rom-com, well, I mean, Woody Allen was going to be the guy. I don't know what I'm saying. I guess you just pay more attention to how he actually looks and I guess you're more critical of that or at least I am because I'm a jerk. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a superficial jerk but I prefer him being his dad. Man, his dad is fucking funny. Like he could make a TV show out of that family. I mean, that's the irony, the fucking the Penteverit. So we were talking about this um, while I was watching it yesterday, Greg, that I remembered hearing this at the time and then I forgot and then when his dad is ranting – about his conspiracy theory, he's talking about the Penteverit. Well, it's a well-known fact, Sonny Jim, that there's a secret society of the five wealthiest people in the world known as the Penteverit, who run everything in the world, including the newspapers, and meet tri-annually at a secret country mansion in Colorado known as 
the meadows. So who's in this pentaverd? The Queen, the Vatican, the Gettys, the Rothschilds, and Colonel Sanders before he went tets up. Which eventually became Mike Myers' Netflix TV show that I guess started last year or the right. year before. And it's about a conspiracy, it's about a secret, like the Illuminati basically. I watched like two episodes in a, I don't know, maybe it gets better. I kind of forgot it exists. Netflix needs to sort yeah. that out, man. I've, I haven't even seen it. On, like, yeah. Why doesn't it get re-recommended to me? Stop telling me to watch Dharma. <laughs> I don't want to watch Dharma. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure interested in that. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not interested. And why do you think I'm interested in serial killers so much? What have I done to <laughs> – what have I watched? Have I <laughs> so left I like something on that's just – Maybe. Yeah, touche. <laughs> touche. Um, yeah, and it's a shame that's no good. Or I don't think any characters from this show up in that. I don't know. It's just th- there's 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 nuggets here that I, I don't know. You could draw more out of this, and that's what they ended up with. I don't know. But I guess that's a, a, a cultural legacy item that we should acknowledge that a TV show was spawned out of this that was just okay. Yeah. 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 That might be deep in your Netflix somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Genuinely, Netflix man. Obviously, they're not doing so great. But I don't. I'm not surprised. Because all that shit is buried in there. They don't know me. They act like they know me, to your point, and they recommend shit that I don't want. But you should know yeah. me. They should have yeah. a better algorithm. Yeah. Like get those TikTok people in there and I'll never switch it off. I think what you can it's safe to say is this program, this episode hasn't been brought to you by Netflix. Yeah. But if in future it is, we're very pro-Netflix. Absolutely. And if this episode ever mysteriously disappears, it's because Tristan's trying to get a job at Netflix again. I've tried a few Fire times. Festival. That's a good one. Oh, that's a good yeah, that's a good doco. They probably why don't they have a Waco doco? They probably do. Buried in there, not suggesting it to they us. They probably would. There is a lot of Waco um content out there. Yeah, well, the if only you, thing you want I to go remember down a rabbit hole. for whatever reason, I don't know why, that this is in my memory. When you said Waco before, my only memory is seeing a headline of an article about it and never reading it in like a men's health magazine. Like Project Waco, and I've ne- and I just yeah. was like, "What's that?" Yeah, no time to read that. Something happened. It was culty. <laughs> yeah, actually, I didn't even I know didn't, the cult yeah. thing to be honest. Um, oh, you didn't? No. Well, if in doubt, <laughs> it's probably a cult. Assume, yeah, yeah. Um, should we touch on Nancy Travis real quick? What's her name? Harriet herself. It's, well, I mean, when you put it like that, <laughs> in her words, she was banging the the producer. Did she say that? Yeah, because she's married to the producer. Oh, she's married to him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm glad I didn't know about the Sharon Stone thing before I watched it because that would have skewed my my enjoyment. But, I mean, she's she's great in this. But um, I was thinking she, she's been in a lot of stuff and I've never really known mm. much about her. Do you remember um, she had a TV show, a sitcom, Almost Perfect? Yeah. Yeah. I think I watched it. Yeah, I think I did too. And then I realised she's kind of just like – Again, Seinfeld reference, which I guess is a Superman reference. But you know how they have like the bizarro Seinfeld and Elaine makes new friends and she meets another Seinfeld and another George and yada, yada, yada. She's almost like the bizarro version of Leah Thompson. They must have gone in the same, for the same roles a lot, I imagine. She had almost perfect. Big, big Leah Thompson vibes. Yeah. Leah Thompson had Caroline in the City. She had almost perfect. Leah Thompson had Back to the Future with Michael J. Fox. Nancy Travis had Greedy with Michael J. Fox. Greedy with Mike. Yeah, I like that I want to watch Greedy. Yeah, I want to watch that too. I, I'll, I'll put that greedy. in a similar category to this where it's just like not my favourite movie or anything, but if it's on, I'll watch it and I'll have a good time. Um, Jimmy Durante. I still don't know who that is. Remember that bit? No, that's cool. No, I don't remember much of it. That's cool. I remember Another I one that's on lot. TV a lot. kind of in love with the other girl in it, the English girl. Oh, yeah. Wait, was she from the Wonder Years? Uh, I don't know. I think she's the sister in the Wonder Years. It's a very, um, it's very way in the back of my brain there, uh, the dark corners. Well, we'll save that for another pod. Yeah, I don't want to dig too much up from that area of my brain. It's content. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we get into verdict? Sure. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. 
and that's all I have to say about that. All right. So is there is there any big fundamentally outdated piece to this film? I guess the coffee house thing. But we get the poem, yeah. so it evens out. Um, jazz. <laughs> FX test. Not really that kind of movie, but we do get a bit of a set piece actiony moment at the end. Or we do, because Lapalia gets to be a cop. Piper down, Piper down. <laughs> that was funny. Sorry, I'm just. There's just bits in this movie that need to be acknowledged. Yeah, I know what, that's the thing. This, we're this on a tight a tough schedule thing about, today, but we've got schedule. there's so many jokes to. I mean, there's so many too. You're never going to touch on all of them, but they're great because there are people. Are, people are probably going. They haven't even mentioned the. What's another yeah. funny bit? Phil Hartman stuff. All that. I mean, there's so many. There's, there's a lot. Everyone, I'm insensitive. Hundred people could have a favorite scene of this with no duplication. All good stuff. Mm. So many jokes. Uh, representation, Bechdel test. Well, it is kind of saying bitches be crazy. So I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's women with names. There's a mum. There's a, there's a girl, a, a love interest and her sister. Um, they talk about stuff. They probably talk about men mostly though. Yeah. Race, Bechdel. Mm. We really, it's pretty one shade of white, this movie. Uh, Lapali yeah, is Italian. It's very top. Yeah. <laughs> Did Simpsons do it? No. Porn parody? No. Um, overall, I, I, I think it holds up. I think it's worth a rewatch. While I don't necessarily want to see uh, Mike Myers play the straight man all the time, it is. It's just a, a nice curiosity that it exists, and you can go see it. But it is, and the, and he does both. He yeah. still does the characters, and it's still funny. So there you have it. I think it holds up. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, it, I think it's worth a rewatch. I enjoyed it. Um, mm. One thing we I forgot to raise was just it's a little interesting in the early stages of Mike Myers' career for a number of reasons because he's gone mm. Wayne's World, Stratosphere. Yeah. Uh, then he's backed up Wayne's World 2 in the same year he made this film and they're ve- obviously very different oh. films. Then, like, is he thinking I want to – I need I need to pivot and not be Wayne. I need to play it straight so I can branch out. I, I don't know what was it was an interesting that's, career choice. That's interesting. It is, but more interestingly, Tristan was that he had three years off after this movie. After he did those two movies, I think it was ninety three, right? Yeah. And then his next movie, Austin Powers, I think, was was a number of years later. I think he yeah. had three years off. And that's I'm sure there's. Yeah, I didn't go digging, but um, <gasps> you know what it I'm might sure. be. Uh, this may not be true, and I don't have time to verify it right now. But I think he made Austin Powers as a tribute to his dad, who loved James Bond. Maybe his dad died then, and he had some time off. Yeah, maybe. yeah, it could be. Could also be that I guess he was like, "All right, I got to figure out what I'm going to do because one of those movies worked, one of them didn't. What's my game plan? I don't know." Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll leave, people people can ponder on that. Oh, yeah. Mike Myers' dad. Yeah, yeah. Fuck he yeah. was funny, man. And Lapalia is and that good was, in this, that man. That was his dad, apparently. Lapalia is great in it. Yeah, I haven't seen funny Lapalia before. I didn't think he'd ever been in a funny movie. Exactly, and it seems like where did that? Why didn't that lead anywhere? Uh, yeah, he should do another funny movie. He's a funny. He. he it was great. I mean, yeah, it, it's enjoy. He's enjoyable. I really. It yeah. Is, yeah. Weird outfit. I am an undercover. <laughs> you look like a cop. Trying to, I am. Like that stuff's all good. It's all good stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Oh, well. All right, well, we're just about out of time here with the Double Impact Podcast. Aaron Sorkin as um, (laughs) Loki. (laughs) Loki VP. Yeah, there you go. I back that. It's a real, um, it's a real, what is the, who's the chick? Laura Linney. It's a real Laura Linney, Laura Dern situation, Alan and Aaron. <laughs> Nobody's seen them in the same room twice. Maybe yeah. he's a ghostwriter. I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Could be, I don't could come be. up with this stuff. This is just. You know. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna we're All gonna right. be doing a a series soon. Yeah, next week new series starts. Boom! Get excited. Tell your friends. Leave a review. Follow us on the socials. Uh, until then, who knows what it's gonna be? Have a good time. Take be care nice of yourselves each and each other. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay, bye. See you next week. Then, yeah, take care of yourselves and each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
I've been obsessed with secret societies and I put into the script of So I Married an Axe Murderer that the Scottish father is obsessed with a group of people called the Pentaveret who control everything. I've just seen the culture, since I did that a long time ago, get more and more into conspiracy theories. So I thought, well, let's bring back the Pentaveret, you know? I was just sitting around and I thought, I grew up in a country where we like the government, it was just Canada, and we like experts, you know what I mean? And people who are experts are kind of taking a beating right now. But I thought, well, what if there was a secret society of five people? Uh, what if they were actually nice? And what if I played all five people? And what if I also played the guy who was exposing the uh, secret society? And what if he was a local journalist? Because I think local journalists are taking a beating as well. But I wanted it to be silly and fun, and I wanted it to be cinematic, and I wanted it to be a ride, a fun ride, like what I was hoping for with Austin Powers and with Wayne's World. I just thought that everyone's talking about this serious thing in a very serious way. Um, I would like to talk about this serious thing in a silly way and uh, do what I'd love to do, which is characters.